Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today is March 1st, which means that it is the 99th anniversary of the birth of Richard Wilbur, one of the most important poets in American history. He was born March 1st, 1921, and he died on October 14th, 2017. In 1987, he was appointed the second Poet Laureate Consultant in Poetry to the Library of Congress, and he received the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry twice in 1957 and again in 1989. He also wrote a poem, which is perfect for this time of year. It's called March. So today being March 1st, I figured I'll read a poem called March, and uh, I'll read it on Richard Wilbur's birthday. So here is Richard Wilbur's March. Beech leaves, which might have clung parching for six weeks more, were stripped by last night's gale, which made so black a roar and drove the snow streaks level. So we see in the glare of a sun whose white combustion cannot warm the air. From the edge of the woods in gusts, the leaves are scuttled forth onto a pasture drifted like tundras of the north to migrate there in dry, skitter, or fluttered brawl, then flock into some hollow like this below the wall, with veins swept back like feathers to our prophetic sight, and bodies of gold shadow pecking at sparks of light. One of the things I love about this poem is the way Wilbur creates transitions from one image to the next, the way he sequences the images together. He does it in ways that seem so simple by offering uh, images or statements that end up actually being questions or putting questions into the mind of the listeners or the readers. Uh, So we start with an image of these beech leaves, which were it not for the wind by the storm, uh, would have probably stayed on the tree well into spring. But this wind was, was so harsh that it blew the beech leaves off the tree uh, and, and drove the snow streaks level, level with the ground, presumably. But then we get this word, so. This is genius, I think. So we see in the glare of a sun whose white combustion cannot warm the air. And the question for me is, does that mean so as in because of the beech leaves being blown off we see in the glare of a sun or does it mean we see that so as in the thing that we're looking at we see what he's describing in the glare of the sun I suppose it's both right Um, it's both the thing and cause and effect but the way that he he plays that introduces a um, a new level of not just wordplay, but image play, um, a new level of meaning, um, questions that, that, that raise the standard of the poem, frankly. And even in that line there, there's a sense of hopelessness at, for a moment there. The sun cannot warm the air. The glare of the sun cannot warm the air. From the edge of the woods, the, the, in gusts, the leaves are scuttled. The wind is still there. It's still blowing back and forth onto a pasture drifted like tundras of the north. The leaves are moved around like the tundras of the north. They migrate there in dry skitter or fluttered brawl. Brawl, of course, is a, is a noisy fight or a quarrel or something like that. And a skitter, skitter means to move lightly and quiet and quickly or hurriedly. 
in dry skitter or fluttered brawl. And then they flock into some hollow. The leaves flock into some hollow with the wind at their backs. Like this. Like the one he's, the hollow, like the one he's standing in. Below the wall. With veins swept back like feathers to our prophetic sight. The, the idea of the leaves being like birds is, is a fascinating image to me. But then, of course, he takes that image, and like he used the word so earlier, he offers us another turn. He says, With veins swept back like feathers to our prophetic sight. Does, so does that mean that they look that way because he has prophetic sight? Or does it mean that they are fluttered to his sight, in other words, into his sight or towards him. And why does he call his sight prophetic? What about his sight makes him able to see either into the future or see into the deeper meaning of something? And whose bodies are they? Whose bodies of gold shadow pecking at sparks of light? Bodies of the leaves? The bodies of the hour, as in he and whoever else he's with in the hollow? And is the gold shadow pecking at sparks of light or the bodies pecking at sparks of light? Or is it the leaves that are the pecking at the sparks of light? Maybe it's all of those things. And then (laughs) for me, it takes me back to the very beginning because those beech trees no longer have the leaves. They've been stripped clean. And that image is of these empty beech trees before the buds have bloomed is, is an image that is it stays with me. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why. But the leaves are blown away. There's just, the, the leaves are separated from the tree and the tree is separated from the leaves. And the leaves are taken off on some adventure while the trees stand there and wait patiently for the weather to turn and the leaves to come newly, new leaves to come. Well, the poet and whoever is with him in the hollow, they're gold shadows from the sunlight pecking at sparks of light. The pecking is such an interesting word again because it takes us back to, you know, birds peck, of course, so that takes us back to the the veins swept back like feathers. All I can do on a podcast like this with a poem like this, which I love, is just make observations and ask questions. So I'll let you interpret it. I'm not interested in trying to interpret everything for you here or tell you what exactly what I think because that might eliminate part of the fun for you. Uh, but some of these images are just great to linger on and think about. And hopefully some of the questions that I've asked, um, obscure and annoying though that may be, uh, help you just think about the poem and ask your own questions. So I'm going to read it one more time. Uh, Here is Richard Wilbur's March. Beach leaves, which might have clung parching for six weeks more, were stripped by last night's gale, which made so black a roar and drove the snow streaks level. So we see in the glare of a sun whose white combustion cannot warm the air. From the edge of the woods, in gusts, the leaves are scuttled forth onto a pasture, drifted like tundras of the north, to migrate there in dry skitter or fluttered brawl then flock into some hollow like this below the wall, with veins swept back like feathers to our prophetic sight, and bodies of gold shadow pecking at sparks of light. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. Be back on Monday with a new poem for you. And happy birthday to Richard Wilbur.